from ABC News Radio, KMET 1490 in Southern California. This is Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio with your host, Tyler Jorgensen. Welcome out to Biz Ninja Radio. This is your host, Tyler Jorgensen, and I get a really cool guest today from the uh, sunny potato state of Idaho, the one and only Randall Grizzle. Welcome out to the show, Randall. Thanks for having me, Tyler. I appreciate it, man. Um, yeah, I'm, I am grateful that you are here. And one of, I, you know, I just recently met you, but one of the first things I really liked about you was that you embraced the grateful concept rather than uh, hashtag blessed, right? And I think it's a huge mind, mind shift between the two. So let's get a little bit of your story. Let's figure out, um, you are now an entrepreneur. Have you always been an entrepreneur? Well, I think that I, maybe back in the day uh, I, when I dropped out of college, so I was maybe 20 years old, a good friend of mine from high school and I, uh -huh. we started a concrete construction company. Right. And at this time is when Boise was really growing fast. Uh, everyone, the housing market was booming. Um, and so we did this colored and stamped uh, decorative kind of upper scale concrete work with acid staining and decorative cutting. And that was kind of our niche. Uh, and so I had that, that our first business that my first experience with owning a business when I was 20 and we got, uh, this curb machine, you know, the residential landscape curbing that goes around right. the, the borders. Yep. And, and we, uh, so we were doing those things. Um, and then, uh, it got to the point where everybody was doing curbing everybody was doing the custom concrete and it got harder to sell it. And it got to the point where, uh, I needed to learn something new. Um, I was spending in the winter times here, it's nasty. Okay. So I, in the concrete business, one winter I went and started working on the phones and these guys were doing, they were giving out thousands of dollars spiffs and right. these, guys, these young guys were driving fast cars and, like at this time I'm like, I was in the construction business and I was like, well, maybe I can come in for a couple months and, uh, and work through the winter time. So I did that the first winter and, uh, I figured out how to make a little bit of money, but not a lot. I remember my wife saying, cause it was commission only. I remember her saying, how long are you going to work for like $3 an hour? Right. You know? And so I tell her though, like these young guys are making six figures and I'm listening to them and I know that I can do what they're doing. I just got to get, I just got to get better. I got to learn it. So anyways, I, I went back after that winter. And when I started selling curbing after that and concrete, I was like, Whoa, like now I'm not wasting as much time. Like I'm using the phone more setting the right appointments. And then when I show up, like I'm converting on people that I used to spend time, give these long estimates and all this stuff right. too. So I learned, uh, in a very short period of time, the power of closure and sure. understanding what you want to ask for and, and the, and valuing our time and their time. Yeah. And so, uh, after that summer, I went back in the winter and I was selling again. Um, and at that point, like things were going, the, the, the housing market was kind of falling apart. Yeah. Things were kind of rough in the construction. So I was doing well working on the phones. So I just kept doing it. Um, and this was before oh, Russell Brunson. Oh, this is okay. So this wasn't one of his call centers. 
No, this, this yeah. was, uh, if I'm guessing, just based on the timeline of what you're talking about, this is probably like 2007, 2008, like around that era, when um, what's interesting about 2007 is that like, it was exactly what you were talking about, right? There was call centers everywhere. There were, um, everyone was starting their own business. Like that, like you said, like there was not just one curving guy. There's all these guys that used to be working for a construction company that were going out and starting their own companies. And it was happening in every industry, in every space, like tons of new startups and new things because the market was pumping. And then 2008 came in and, uh, you know, swept the leg out of 90% of, of these like small entrepreneurs. And you were, you went back and you were working on the phone during this time, right? Again. And so what happened there? Yeah. So then I, I realized that the, with the economy kind of being bad, that, that also there was a lot of demand for people that were looking for change. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's why a lot of these floors, these call centers were doing so well was the biz and op, you know, kind of the biz op opportunity stuff. Right. Yep. Um, so anyways, uh, when I went back the second year, I started doing well, I started closing deals then. Um, but then the company that I was working with, we were, uh, by the way, we were selling consulting for people and how to make money with eBay. And this okay. is like 2005 when I first started doing that. Okay. Uh, Out so, of curiosity, what were those package costs? Yeah, we, we sold packages that were between 3000 and, and, uh, the biggest one that we sold was 18,000. Okay. Um, but then like later in the, in the, in the game, people really started focusing more on the, the five to 10,000 keeping the, and, and more volume. Um, so anyways, that company though, the guy ended up getting a divorce and, and these different things. And, uh, by the way, he was the captain of the debate team. This guy I learned from at, at USC. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he was young right out of college. And so yeah. I learned this process and a lot of these, this process of the principles that I still teach, I actually learned from him. So, he went through a divorce and these things happened and that happened. So when that happened though, I saw a post on Craigslist that said hiring sales superstars. Uh, you know, it was like 150 to 300 grand a year or something like that. And I was just like, what is this? So anyways, uh, the timing, I, I made a phone call and this was over at Russell Brunson's office. And I talked to this guy named Garrett Robbins. Mm -hmm. And Garrett at that time, there was only not a lot of people over there with Russell, uh, you know, maybe five, 10 people. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more. Um, but anyways, I, I loaded my chair in the back of my truck, like my office chair. And I, I drove over to dot com secrets and I had unloaded my chair that same day. So it's like, I called over there. Right. And then these guys were doing something. They, Russell had these leads. He had like, four or five guys that were coaches mm -hmm. they were also selling this stuff and so when I went over there I was like oh man this is a, a massive opportunity and none of these guys that are coaches like they're really good at the internet marketing stuff right but they don't understand the sales process sure so I just went in the first week and started doing what we do and and we we, we produced I produced and I ended up getting an override on the floor uh, right away a couple of weeks, three weeks into it, I did 38,500. And then uh, like a couple months into it, I had brought in guys and we were building teams and uh, we were doing, uh, you know, well into the six figures weekly uh, within a few months. And so, yeah, that's kind of the long story short. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of 
the journey so, there. So, uh, so sales wasn't like something in your blood. It wasn't like, okay, I grew up as a salesman. You really kind of stumbled your way into it as an opportunity, but you've been, since then you've been, and one of the things I, I heard from you is that you really focused on learning from the people around you and listening to them, modeling what was working, uh, and then applying it. Cause I think a lot of sales is, um, repeatable patterns, right. And, uh, and, and basic tools. And so it sounds like you've kind of built that toolkit of what's working, uh, to do really what would, most of us would consider high ticket sales. Is that right? Yeah. I, the foundation that I, the principles kind of the, 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 that we go by is it all starts with truth. So it starts with having everything in alignment from the beginning, from your marketing plan to the deliverables. Uh, there's no, there's a lot of opportunity throughout the, the funnels for people to get off track and maybe not be honest with things. So my biggest thing is, is that whatever it is that we're, we're selling, whatever product projects, you know, people that we're working with, that they come from a place of truth right. all the way through. Right. So there, there's really just, it, because it's so true with the sales process, there's so many different opportunities to take a bad turn. Because people are like asking you to lie to them all the right. time. They're like, lie to me. I want to buy, but just lie to me first. And so that's kind of the struggle. But for, for a lot of salespeople is they think that that's why people will buy. And I just believe the opposite that when we have, you know, I mean, maybe it's not the opposite, whatever, but I believe how important it is to, to come from that place of truth. And then when we come from that place of truth, we're able to educate ourselves and, um, provide the facts. Okay. So it's truth fact. Okay. This creates our reality. And we, and we base, uh, these three things, uh, time, uh-huh. knowledge, decision-making and money. So that's the foundation that, that we work from when, when we lay out the process through the, the script for closing the deals on the phone. Um, and then, you know, from there we have our, those things will plug into our introduction, our probe, our blast and our close. Okay. So, um, let's, let's say a couple of things here. So one of the things you mentioned is that you, when you first started over at dotcom secrets, uh, a lot of the people that were doing the selling were actually the coaches, right? And so what did, what was like, what's one thing that an entrepreneur who has a course like, and I think you probably just covered it, but what you covered, you know, making sure that everything's in truth and in alignment, but what's a, what's like a basic sales skill? Like if you had to like, if you could magically wave a wand and every entrepreneur had this one skill, what would it be that, you know, what does that coach need to know in order to start selling more of their product? They need to be able to listen. They need to be able to listen very well, analyze the information that they receive and then decide if that's a client that they want to work with. So listen, analyze and decide. Because most of the time like people would say that selling would be to, to inform, to, you know, and educate and to ask. And you, you, I always talk about closers mm-hmm. ask, but the reason why that's so important is that we're asking the right questions that give us the ability to listen to that individual and then provide the, 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 the outline or the steps to move forward. If it's somebody that we can even help. Right. Because mo- most of the time, a lot of times when people are trying to ask for help, we can't help everybody. Right. 
I think a lot of people get in trouble when they determine that the people that they work with determine, you know, they're kind of wagging the tail. Yeah. Or I think it's so important for us or to have somebody in your company that's ultimately like a gatekeeper at the, that level where it's about creating the relationships. It's not about the, the monies. Right. Okay. So I love that. And I really like that list and analyze and ask because I think, I think that's part of why I like the grateful mindset. Cause I think it aligns with the, the abundance mindset, which is that like, there are, there are a lot of clients out there. Right. And so we don't have to be worried about closing every single one. Cause if we, if we worry about closing every one and not closing the right ones, then you have that issue that you had you talked about, right? You can end up serving the wrong people and, and the whole company could fall out of, dis, out of alignment. Um, and I've seen companies be completely dis, derailed and crumble because of one bad customer, because of what that ripples and causes throughout the entire uh, chain of command, right? And so um, I really, really like that. And I think uh, the ability to listen and just understand what the needs of that client truly are and then to see if they really are a fit Usually at that point, right, that you're halfway down the journey of making sure of getting them to sign up. Now you got to obviously take care of making, uh, you know, decision making and the money at that point. What are, uh, you know, I believe a lot in paradigms. What were some of the biggest ticket deals you've ever closed? I've closed six figure deals for uh, consulting. Over the phone? Uh, yeah, over the phone with Russell. So- yeah, that kind of blows my mind. Like, you know, it, because I think a lot of entrepreneurs are like, man, you can't do that like over a phone call. So like, tell us a little bit about the first time you, you closed a six figure deal and how that changed your perspective on. Well, it made me want to do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, it made me like realize that when we're closing a $2,000 deal and we're talking to that client, it's the same conversation that when we're closing a six figure deal. It's just the different client. And so that's why I say it's so important to be able to listen and analyze these things because it's the same, it's the same structure, whether, like I said, we're selling something small or something large. And so, I mean, this guy that that I'm thinking of right now, and there's, there's, there's a couple of them, but this guy that, that I'm thinking of right now, the truth is it was easier to fulfill and to help this guy that invested a hundred grand than some of these people that invest, you know, two grand or five grand, because like what you mentioned in that one bad seed that, you know, we don't all only have so much brain space. So sometimes like we feel like because somebody is willing to make a financial commitment with us, that it's something that we should be doing. And like when I woke up, I did a morning study this morning and then I, I looked through my, my phone and I looked through my messenger, I looked through my Voxer, and, uh, and, and I was just, I was really proud of the people that I've decided to spend my time and that mind, that brain space, like with, because for me, it's so easy for somebody to steal that from me. Yeah. Like it, that, that like, it's cause I'm tender. Like I get tender, you know what I mean? Like really like when it's easy to hurt my feelings. And so if I surround myself with people that are quick to say, you know, F you in a relationship, like I don't like, nobody likes to be around those people. Right. You, you know, we all want to be around like strong minded individuals that make us better people. 
And the problem I think for a lot of business owners is that that's their, that's what they want to be, but they end up working with the wrong clients, I believe. Um, there was a, a book or an article or something once that was like, everything I need to know in life I learned in kindergarten. And it, you know, it had all these like principles about, you know, sharing and whatever, all the fundamentals of life. Um, and for me, like that really big transformative year was actually my senior year of high school. Um, just a ton of personal development, a ton of experience, a ton of understanding relationships. Um, but one of the things I learned that year is um, I had taken like AP classes the year before and then I went back to normal classes because I thought I was too busy. And here's the, here's the lesson. What I learned is that a lot of times the harder things, the higher level things are actually easier than the lower level things. And I've learned that in business too, that when we serve our higher level clients, it's often easier than we serve our starter clients, like guys just getting started in business. And it's because there is a certain amount of fundamental like framework already in place in that higher level, right? So when you have a class, uh, for example, full of people who already understand the basics of how to, how to, be, how to do school, mm-hmm. and teacher doesn't have to spend the time going explaining what homework is or explaining basic fundamental things. They can focus on the higher level things, which means you can have a more real interaction, right? You can have an interaction surrounded around the actual subject rather than the fundamentals behind the subject. And so for me serving my clients, I, I love helping startups, but it's really, really hard because a lot of times you're not working on their business you're working on their fundamental like entrepreneurial wiring and you're doing tuna, right? Yeah. And so uh, that's a long story, to, but to explain like for me, what I'm noticing is those higher level clients are often easier because they've got their cylinders running. They're just looking for jet fuel, you know, things are working. They just want the catalyst. Um, and it's a lot easier than being a mechanic and you know, something that's, that's broken down. Right. Totally. I tell people that all the time, like the hardest part about helping anybody with build their business is like creating that, helping them maybe create that attractive character presence for themselves. So it's kind of like some people have that and some people don't have that yet. And if they're still trying to create that, then that's the, like maybe the biggest challenge. But that's, that's also the people that want to pay you. So right. it's all, so hard because they want to give you their five grand. Right. You know, yeah. they, they, oh. To, to change our whole world, you know, but their, but their five grand is a hail Mary. Totally. It's right? their last, you know, a lot of yeah. times. Yeah. And with the guy that's, that has the hundred K it's not a hail Mary. It's strategic and totally. planned out. he's running a, he's running that five yard play that he knows he's going to get five yards every time he just wants to get in the, he just knows now it's going to get in the end zone. Right. Yes. And, uh, and that's been a huge shift for me. And what you're saying, making sure you're deciding to take the right clients, you know, in my sales funnel consulting side, if I, if my client doesn't understand a value ladder, they don't understand some of the very fundamental basics, then that's my first warning sign. And I've got to then look and say, okay, maybe they miss this piece, but do they have the rest of the funnel fundamentals of their business in place? And if that's a no too, then even though they want to give me money, sometimes I have to just let them know, Hey, like you might be better served going uh, and just like, reading some books and getting started on your own first. And then it's a challenging thing to tell people that too, because sometimes it hurts their feelings, huh? Like sometimes, oh. you, know, you know, it's like they want to pay you, but you're like, I just don't know if I can help you. And so they're like, yeah. you know, yeah. so it's a, it's a, it's a challenging thing. 
I had a client once um, where we, I had three high level clients all about to come on board, you know, basically like all towards the end of the prospecting phase. And I was like, okay, I was like, I can, like my team can only handle like one more spot. Like realistically, we can only serve at the highest level one person. And I, and so I let one of the clients, like one of the prospects know, Hey, like I, I need to know from you by this week, you know, this Friday if we're moving forward because we're running out, you know, out of space. And they thought I was making up kind of doing false scarcity. Um, and like, okay, sure. You only have one spot left. I'm like, no, really? <laughs> like I, I'm not, I can't serve you at the highest level if I onboard three of you day, on the same day. But, uh, so, and it's even been, you know, sometimes people push back if they feel, if they think you're being, you know, if you like, if you, if they think you're out of alignment, but then you just say, Hey, if you don't, if you don't understand that, then maybe you're not the right fit and you move forward. Right. Yeah. And a lot of times it just helps people on their end, understand the different things that they need to be working on to get to that point. You know, like there's a stepping stone. It doesn't mean that it's never. It just means that maybe right now, whatever services that I provide just aren't, you're just not quite there yet. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. So let's come back to Randall's journey a little bit. So, yeah. uh, you leave your construction company, you do phone sales, you start to become really good at it. Uh, you start working for dot-com secrets, start running their sales floors, start being like the guy you're making some pretty good coin. Um, and eventually that whole company starts to evolve, right? What well, happened real quick? Yeah. So maybe yeah, take like, me, take us from that point, kind of your journey from there. Yeah. So we, you know, we ended up having five, six teams, uh, five, six team leaders with like 10 guys each on each team. We were selling a lot of smaller packages, a lot of three grand, five grand packages and stuff like that. Um, and at this time, like, like we're talking about, like the whole business opportunist world, uh, was raising their hand saying they want help. And so, uh, some things happened with merchanting and you know, we couldn't process cars anymore for a while. And there's a lot of, it didn't just happen to us. Like it was an industry wide thing and it changed things overnight. Yep. Um, and so that at that point, Russell kind of started restructuring. Um, I went and I built some insurance teams and I actually sold insurance for uh, like two and a half years. And uh, I was selling final expense insurance and it just wasn't, I didn't like it. I, I didn't, I wasn't passionate about it at all. You know, it's funeral insurance. So it made, you know, it was, it was, the money was fine. And I, I still, I get renewals from that still. So I'm like, it was all great. But I was like, I was at a point where, uh, when my friend Robbie, uh, Summers, he works, he worked with me the most of the time with com. Uh, he went back and he just started helping Russell again because Russell wanted help with his inner circle stuff to fill this inner circle. Right. So Robbie reached out and this was like two years after this was like three years ago. So, uh, when he reached out at that point, I turned over the insurance agency to my brother, Derek, which is working with Russell now. So I turned it over to him and I went and started working with Robbie and we started filling up the inner circle. And the amazing part about filling up the inner circle was just being able to be a part of it. Like all the different people that came in and, and, you know, and all the different relationships that I was able to create. It was amazing feeling being a part of something so great 
But then from the inside, I knew everybody there better than every el- everybody else knew everybody there. Right. Like I was the one person that knew everybody. Right. Or, you know, or like, you know, like I knew everybody, I felt like better than everybody else knew. And it was just, it was an amazing thing. And it was, you know, uh, that really, and being a part of that really gave me the ability, the confidence, um, and the, you know, kind of the really, I guess, courage to where I got to the point where I wanted, I wanted to, to build something, uh, great. And because of the, the, the opportunity to be a part of that inner circle, it's like, I was, you know, paying 25 grand a year, but I wasn't, I was like making, making money, but sure. still getting part of it. And it's like, right. after a couple of years of that, it's like, man, all these guys I'm watching these guys make six figures, six figures a month. And like, I can do the same thing. Like I, I the, the knowledge that I have and what we've done uh, is so powerful. Right. And it's like, we, we get these new, uh, we start working with these new new companies and then bang, five grand deal, bang, 10 grand deal. And it's like, these guys haven't had that. Some of these people, you know, they're like out there in their marketing stuff, but they haven't sold stuff for five or 10 grand. And I feel like everything that Russell teaches is like, make sure, you know, that there, there's a market for what you're doing before you start doing it. Right. And it's like, almost like I had the opportunity to kind of test it. And like the market was saying, please, yeah. somebody, somebody do this. And so, God's good, man. God's good. So Randall goes out on his own and he launches closersecrets.com. You've got a book. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your book and and why people should read it. Thank you. Uh, Yeah. And the book that that I I wrote, I had a co-author named Tom Rich. Um, It took way longer to get it out than what I I had my intention was. but in a very short period of time, I think that action creates momentum. And the, that's the, the, the foundation for any business is the action. And so I wanted to get the book out there, kind of tell the story, explain a bit about what we do. Uh, since then, I've had 20, I've had a, this has been the last four months. I've had a live event out here in Boise with 25, uh, the, we have 25 certified closers now. Uh, I've built a community within the internet marketing space where we have done for you services as far as funnels, um, uh, traffic, video, sales, uh, and, and financing options. And really the reason why I created what I created is I felt like, again, it's what the market was asking for. And so the book, I, I wrote the book because I wanted to be able to, to be able to uh, provide, here's a book. But I, 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 I wrote this because I wanted to be able to share the knowledge that, that I've gained over the last 10, 15 years. And, and, and yeah. So I want everyone to go get the book. Where do they go? Uh, closersecrets.com. Okay. So go to closersecrets.com. Uh, if you're listening on the radio, you just got to remember that and go type it in. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, I'll have a link here in the, in the description. So make sure to click on that. Um, and even though Randall's about to tell you the number one thing he wants you to learn from the book, you got to go and get the rest of the information too. All right, Randall, what, if, if someone reads the book, what's the one thing you hope they take away from it? That it's about doing things, that sales is about doing things the, the, the right way and coming from a place of truth. Awesome. 
and that which is kind of a diff a different take on sales than what a lot of people feel sales is right a lot of people have a bad uh, sales has a bad name for a lot of people although sales is what makes the world go round and, and the economy function right so um you know for me sales it like figuring out like how to s sell more feeds all my employees and my family and keeps everyone working right and it's important um, and it allows me, if I'm doing it right, it allows me to serve more people at a higher level because I'm getting those opportunities. What uh, you are, we, you and I talked when we were, when I was up in Boise about also just like your life, right? And to me, business is about creating the lifestyle that you want and not just getting lost in your business. And I think if you do it right, your business is a part of your lifestyle. But what's one major bucket list item on Randall's list that you're going to do in the next 12 months? I'm going to go to Australia. Awesome. I'm going to go to Australia. I'm going to do an event out there. Cool. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's one of the things. And, and with that, I'm going to bring my wife. Um, and so we got to get a, we got to figure out a nanny situation and stuff. That's a, cause actually the bucket list is maybe this, this next year travel a little with, with my CEO, my wife. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I think, um, one thing I've really been impressed by you, Randall, is you are, you're taking action. You're moving fast. And that momentum uh, will springboard you past any theoretical competitor you've got out there, right? And that momentum will carry you through the tough times. And so I really appreciate that. And I, and I want you to know that I see it. I see you hustling. I see you working hard and working smart. Um, and it's, it's refreshing to see. So I got I to tell you, Tyler, like seriously, I, I appreciate that. And I also appreciate you. Uh, when you were out here in Boise, taking the time for with somebody that you don't even know, and coming and sitting down and 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 having dinner with me, uh, because when we had that conversation, I left with a lot of, of certainty and clear, uh, clarity from different things that I'd been thinking about, and so like it, it's funny how we talked about earlier when you surround yourself with these different people that you kind of keep keep your mind right. Uh, when I left that dinner, my mind was just right. And so I just appreciate you taking the time and, and doing that. It was absolutely my pleasure. Um, we had our manly salads together. That was awesome. Um, <laughs> hey, so thank you so much. Please, everybody go to closersecrets.com. Uh, check out Randall. Swing by bizninja.com. I might have a special gift there for you too. Now it's your turn to go out and do something. Thank you for listening to Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio with Tyler Jorgensen. Please make sure to subscribe so you're first to hear new interviews and episodes. If you found this podcast to be valuable, please share it with a friend. Don't forget to visit our online dojo at bizninja.com to claim your reward for listening to the show.